When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Mike Brown. I come to you live after another Houston Rockets game, just like we do every night here at The Dream Take via The Dream Shake, all things Houston Rockets. Rockets lose 122 to 106. Rockets dropped to 2 and 12 on the season game 14 of the year. And it's time to have a come to Jesus meeting if you're the Rockets, right? And just like we do after every game, I give you guys a chance to hit that request to speak button. I'll bring you up on stage because I want to hear from you. Right. I'll go as long as you guys want me to go tonight. Something has to change. Something has to be different because what I won't do is I'm not going to come up here and give you guys the same tired ass bullshit 
that we've had to spew for the last week. I mean, I have done shows, I have done solo shows over the last nine days. And the last four shows, and Ryan, I'll, I'll get to you in, in a second because I want to hear, I want to talk to everybody tonight. I want to hear what you're thinking. I'm not going to come up here and I'm not going to give you guys the same tired ass bullshit of, well, here's the box score, uh, the Rockets. You know, let's see. Eric Gordon played another 26 minutes tonight. He was one of four from the floor. Like, there, there are bigger issues that we have to talk about tonight. We, there are. If you are a Rockets fan, which if you're listening to this show, first of all, thank you. You're, you're always appreciated. I want to make sure I thank you guys every single show. If you're paying to go watch this team, like, I'm never going to talk fan. I'm never going to tell fans how to fan. Let me put it that way. But goodness gracious, if you are paying to go to Toyota Center, your hard-earned money to watch this team play basketball? And this is a direct shot at nobody else except Tillman freaking Fertitta, the worst owner in the National Basketball Association at bare minimum. I mean, at bare minimum. Because the product that he's putting on the floor right now, and, and people are going to say, well, it's Raphael Stone who puts the team together. It's, it's Steven Silas who coaches the team. No, this is a direct correlation of ownership and the front office. Okay? This is what happens. I, I don't know where the hell Bruno Fernando is. I mean, I don't know what is going on with Bruno. I mean, I guess he's hurt. But whatever he has, I mean, he better be really hurt, him and Jay Sean Tate. Because if they're keeping those guys off of playing on a nightly basis, something bigger is going on than what we're actually witnessing on a night-in and night-out basis. The timeline told me all offseason, well, Alperen Shingun, according to you know next-generation stats of, of who gives a hell, you know, I don't care about that. Any basketball fan can watch Alperen Shangun play basketball and can look at this guy and say he cannot protect the rim. He, he can't protect the rim. For, for as great as he is offensively, because goodness gracious, can he move the and, – and Lucas says we don't talk about Bruno. I don't know what that means. If you can explain that, that would be great. Um like, Shangun had 16 points tonight, but your starting center had four rebounds. You're not going to win anything if your starting center has four rebounds. You know, you only got out-rebounded by four tonight. I guess that's okay. But there's not a lot of rebounds to be had when the Clippers are literally hitting nearly every shot that they take. Every single time the Rockets got on a run tonight, the Clippers had an answer because they're well-coached. Because they have talent. You know, the, the Rockets, they're, they're so infuriating. How does the third overall pick in the draft in Jabari Smith Jr. get six shot attempts? He has six shot attempts. This comes down to coaching and ownership. And the fact is, and Devin's 100% right. 
K.J. Martin, you need to send Eric Gordon's fat ass to the bench and never play him again and start K.J. Martin, period, end of story. K.J. comes off the bench, 21 points. He had eight rebounds, four of seven from the field. I have four monster dunks. I mean, I can recall two of them where he nearly ended Ivana Zubac's basketball life at the rim. K.J. Martin at least brings some energy. At least Kevin Porter Jr. shows some enthusiasm for a bad call tonight, and he gets teched up. I don't care if he gets teched up. I don't care if he gets teched up 27 times. But my biggest, biggest, Source of anger and frustration tonight has nothing to do with the Rockets players or ownership or coaching. It has nothing to do with the three of them. My biggest gripe is with all of the quote-unquote fans who I've seen all offseason, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, wherever you want to read. The Rockets have to lose games this year to get Vector win Banyama. Really? This is what you want to be subjected to? You want to be subjected to losing by 16 points at home to a decent, I'll call them a decent Clippers team with no Kawhi Leonard and no uh, John Wall tonight. You lose by 16 points. Your team is 2-12. and 12. You're 1-3 at home. That makes you 1-9 on the road. And I, and I saw it even tonight. I saw some Twitter or some tweets tonight for, again, some prominent figures on social media that said, you know, it's all worth it if we get Wenbanyama. It's all worth it if we get Wenbanyama. What if you don't? What if you end up with the third overall pick in the draft and you're stuck in this same rotten, ridiculous-looking spot? You think any free agents are going to want to come here? You think that they're going to be impressed by playing with on a team that's getting blown out night in and night out. And you know what? If you want to tell, or yeah, Sean's right, or worse, the fifth pick. What happens if you have the worst record in the league for the third year in a row and you still don't get the first overall pick? And Lucas says, KPJ plays basketball too emotional. I'd rather have that than a guy like fat Eric Gordon that doesn't care who just goes out there and literally does not care. I'd rather KPJ play the way that he's playing versus a guy like Deshaun Nix, who continues to be one of the worst basketball players I have ever seen in my life. What did he have tonight? His, his, his line, 15 points. He had three points. He was one of two from the field. He was a minus 13 tonight while he was on the floor. You can talk about his three-point percentage for the year. That's great. That's awesome. What is he shooting this year? He's shooting, yeah, he's shooting a ridiculous 46% from three. He's averaging three and a half points a game. Like Deshaun Nix should not be playing. And the fact that Ty Ty Washington was back tonight and got minutes in the fourth quarter, why does he not play? Like nobody can sit, nobody can honestly, I beg anybody who is in this room right now, Give me a legitimate reason why you want to play Deshaun Nix over Ty Ty Washington Jr. There's no conceivable reason. I, I, I watched every single second of this game tonight. And I know that there's going to be people 
And if you're listening to this show now, tomorrow, at Mike Brown underscore 2020, who say, Mike, you're too emotional. Why are you getting too emotional about a team that's supposed to lose games this year? Because this isn't fun anymore. This isn't fun for me to come up and do these shows night in and night out when there's no change, when there's no source of care from anybody. And Lucas, you've been listening to this show for, for a couple of years now. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you. The, what I love about Kevin Porter is that he shows that he gives a rip about this team. You know what nobody's talking about right now in the city of Houston is Rockets basketball. Because Tillman Fertitta is showing you night in and night out that he does not care to put a winning team on the court. Let's get to some callers tonight. Kenny, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? Kenny, welcome to the show, my man. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, sir, I can. Sorry about that. So would you be happy, brother? So would you be happy if they were, um, you know, if if they won 20, 25 games this year but played a strict nine-man rotation that did not include Eric Gordon or Dacia Nix? No. Um, Boban, no. Garrison Matthews, no. Any of those guys. Just a strict nine-man rotation. Rotation, you've got the starters, you've got the goon squad, and that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, because that's that's what the team should be doing. Okay, because for sure, because you were just like, this isn't fun anymore. So I don't know if you meant like because of the because of of the losses or because of who they're playing during the losses. Because being a playing team sucks. Middle of the pack sucks. Right, you don't get rewarded for I don't losing in the playing game. I don't agree with that because because that's that would be a total turn from what they've been the last two years. If you're going to tell me right now, Kenny, that the Rockets make the play-in, I'm buying. I'm taking that every day of the week over this. That's what I'm saying. Like right now is not I know it just like for a multitude of reasons. It's they're not doing anything differently. Like they're they're trotting out the same thing night in and night out. Eric Gordon playing 26 minutes on a team that is two and twelve does not make any sense. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'd rather lose by a hundred and give those 26 minutes literally to Josh Christopher. Or in Ty Ty Washington. It, those two guys. Right. Like if it, they lose by a hundred, like, I don't care. It just cause like when you're like a bad NFL team, right? You go Four and twelve, four and thirteen. Now, I guess, and you, like sure. you're excited because you've got that pick, right? Me as a Bengals fan, they were eight and eight forever, and there's just nothing to look forward to. No good players, no good picks, no real future because they're just average. So that's why I say like being in the middle of the pack isn't isn't the best because I always imagine this team would be like the Hawks were. Right, they were awful. Got some great free agents, grew the team, and went straight to the Eastern Conference Finals. It happens. So it's so the Hawks are a really good example. Okay, and I think the main difference in basketball and football is basketball. You're one or two guys away. Football, you're never that way unless you're Cincinnati. But you had to get Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. You also had to draft for multiple good years. But in basketball, and that's what Houston's trying to do. They are, but. The difference is that it's so – you've seen it the last two years. 
that you've had the worst record in the league, you don't get the number one pick, and you have an owner. The biggest obstacle that literally, Kenny, nobody in this fan base talks about is Tillman Fertitta. And I and Jeremy and I have had this conversation where I've said the same thing. And he's like, well, you can't blame Fertitta. He doesn't play the games. That's not true. When you have an owner that doesn't want to spend money, which he's shown, this is now three years in a row. He didn't want to pay Jared Allen. He didn't want to pay Karis LeVert in the Harden deal for the exact reason that you're talking about of he wanted to, to build through the draft and do all these different things, which is fine. But the major difference is this is what fans now have to go through. And I don't want to see the same fans who are bitching and moaning about why are we losing games like this when you were the sit, not you, but those fans were the same ones who were clamoring this offseason that this needed to be a rebuilding year. That's what really pisses me off. I mean, be, well, it, it, if you get those average guys like Karis Devert, right? Maybe a little. Uh, He's not average. He's above average. He's above average. May, maybe. Come on. He was really disappointed for the Cavs last year. When they traded for him, he was not the player that he's been the past five games. But uh, you wouldn't have Jalen Green. Are you a Jalen Green guy? Do you, can you see maybe where the Rockets would be, that that average you know, 9 to 12 seed every year? It, it's kind of boring. Well, they okay, so a couple of things there. Number one. If I mean I'm looking at I'm looking at his stat line now. I mean he had he's had 13, he had 21, he's had 11. Like Karis LeVert is a good ball player. But the thing is, am I a Jalen Green guy? I've again I've you can listen to this on previous shows. I would have taken Evan Mobley over Jalen Green every single day of the week that ends in Y. Because you've seen it how many times now the Rockets get killed on the boards night in and night out. And it's just Jared Allen would have been that guy too. You know, if they would have taken on Jared Allen and Karis LeVert in that deal, would the Rockets be an eight or a seven seed? Yeah, probably closer to that. You're going to tell me, Kenny, you wouldn't take that over this garbage? You'd be dealing with Karis LeVert, um, John John Wall, uh, Jared Allen, Eric Gordon, and P.J. Tucker maybe. Is that really going to do anything for you? For me, yes. <laughs> Compared to where okay. you are now, yes, it is. Because, I, because I'm not looking at now. I'm looking at 2025, 2026. That's such an unfair comment, though, Kenny. Because like, there, you don't know what... I, I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying I, I disagree with you. But what I'm saying is that you've seen this, right? It, who knows what's going to happen between now and 2025, 2026? Why not go get talent right now? Let me ask you a question. Would you give up literally the farm to go get De'Aaron Fox from Sacramento? Sure, but you, you also have to see that they didn't have the farm because of uh, 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 of the Westbrook trade. And who's are people really going to want mid-20s Nets picks? You know, like what is the farm? What are – what are the tradable assets? Well, you've got you got Shengun, you've got Kevin Porter Jr., who I imagine would be a part of that trade. You've got Jay Sean Tate. You've got a multitude of draft picks, your own and Brooklyn's that you could use. The, that's not my. That's we don't need to get into that trade. My question to you is yes or no? Would you go after a guy like De'Aaron Fox today? 
with Jalen Green. Yeah. And Jabari and no, Smith. I really want a rim protector. Okay. Fair. I mean, that's that's totally fair. So let me ask you, let me ask you a follow-up question, right? Because this is what the talk is right now. We'll talk about Victor Wenbanyama. Have you watched Victor Wenbanyama play? Yeah. Okay. What is one thing that he does not do on a consistent basis? What are all the highlights of him doing? Shooting and dribbling. Does he defend the rim consistently? I don't – I couldn't tell you that. The answer is no. Every single video of Victor Menbanyama that you see is offensive. He still does not fix the Rockets' problem, which is defending the rim. They still can't do it. Like, that's the thing. For all these people who are like, go get Wenbanyama, go get Wenbanyama, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's great. I kind of want to stay away from him because there's never been a player seven over 7-2 who did not have an injury-filled career. So I'd love to go after a player via trade, a big man, and then get Scoot. I mean, give me, that, just, give me that guy. Who's that guy? Uh, you know? Yeah. Miles Turner's I out know. there. Miles Turner is out there, but Miles Turner is going to want a new contract. And that's where it comes back to, for me, the frustration, right? And you look at it, go to nbadraftroom.com. The comparison for Victor Wenbanyama is a 7-4 Durant, bigger, better, Kristaps Porzingis. He, I know he's a Durant Gobert on defense. That, that's, yeah, Gobert. He has, he's nothing like claim. Gobert. He's nothing like Gobert. I, he doesn't play defense like Gobert. I, I I I know that Porzingis is you know tall and he's had some injuries, but he he wouldn't be the worst guy to have. Uh, but again, I I like it. I like I like where your headspace is at, right? But the problem is a better Kelly. This old team, Sonic, you know, they've got the guy. Uh, again, I'm convinced. After watching him play, this team is so much better off when Bruno Fernando plays. This roster, I'm not talking about long-term, I'm talking about right now. Their best bet... Versus Sengun. In the middle, yes. You mean Sengun at the four or Sengun off the bench? <laughs> I'd send him to the bench. Everybody who wants to talk to me about Sengun, do I like him offensively? Yes. Can he make things happen offensively? Yes. Does he move the ball? Does he have some great passes? Yes. The bottom line is you're seeing what this team is like with him in the middle. They don't win games. Have they gotten close? Yes. I don't care about close anymore, Kenny. I'm done with close. This is year three, and they're not good. They are the worst team in the league. And Shangun, night in, night out, has shown me, and it should show Rockets fans everywhere, he is not your center of the future. He just isn't. Jabari has shown really good things in spurts, but his head coach doesn't put him in positions to win. And that gets me to my final point of the night. It is time to fire Steven Silas. Call him into your office, Tillman Fertitta. Tell him, thank you so much for your time and your efforts. Pack your bags and get the hell out of my organization. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I I I just don't know what what would drastically change if he were to leave. Can't get any worse. Can't get any worse. 
I know, but if you're not going to get drastically better, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of making a coaching change this, you know, halfway through the year, a quarter into the year. You've got a very competent guy on staff. You've got Lionel Hollins. you got John Lucas. I'd rather either one of those two guys, the, the Rio Grande Vipers coach that they brought up, why not give it to him? His team's won in the, in the Rio Grande League. Why not give him a shot at it? Because he can't be any worse. And that's the thing is that the majority of Rockets fans as a whole, we're like blind sheep, right? The, the Rockets play a game and everybody gets excited and everybody wants to watch all the guys play. They're so blinded by the youth on this team, the youth movement, that every time Jalen Green or any of the young guys do anything that resembles anything positive, everybody acts like it's, it's the next coming of, of a higher power. You know what I mean? But they're blinded by the fact that the head coach sucks. He's awful. The Rockets were down by eight points tonight, making a nice little run with the guys that they had on the court. And what does he do? Puts fat Eric Gordon back in the game. They go down by 15, and there goes the game. It's inexcusable, the roster that he's running out there right now, or the rotation that he's running, I should say, right now. It's just not right. I I get what you're saying because Eric Gordon's wasting time for Tari, for KJ, for whomever else is trying to get playing time that's going to be here in Tari a year played 15 two. minutes tonight. How embarrassing is that? Because he should be at 25. Easy. 25 to 30? I mean, the game that he had against, yeah. who was it, Toronto the other night? I think it was Toronto where he just played his ass off. You know, Tari Eason getting 15 but, minutes, KJ Martin only getting 21 minutes, and neither one of those guys are in foul trouble. I just, I don't get it, man. Like, somebody explain, explain yeah, it to me. But, Why is he doing it? Because he, 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 I, I, I think he comes from the old school of trusting the vets. And he only has one vet. But what old school? That, that's what I've been a head coach. You know, There's a reason why. No, but guy. he's been around. That, that's what I mean. Like, like he, for, sure. from okay, where okay. he's been, especially in Dallas, Dallas was always big on playing the vets. They always had older teams. Always. I mean, that's fair. But the thing about Silas, and, and Sean makes a great point. Uh, that Usman Garuba should be playing more too. Totally agree with that. He had five and four tonight in 17 minutes. Do you not agree, Kenny, that there's a specific reason why Steven Silas has been a an assistant for 20-plus years and he never got a head coaching job? Like this, this is starting to really uh, – That's a little unfair when there's only 30 jobs and they but seem to recycle enough, the same guys every time. Like how many times has Rick Carlisle been a fucking coach? Rick Carlisle has won titles. You can't put both of them in a, in the title and okay, title. You can't put Rick Carlisle and 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 Steven Silas in the same category. Come I'm on, just man. saying he's that same 8 and 8 coach that they've got that they've got in football when he's not winning the championship that one year. You wouldn't take Rick Carlisle as the head coach of this team right now? Cuz I would take Rick Carlisle in about 5 seconds. This Steven oh, Silas experiment that's a tough one. of David Cully when the Texans hired him. It's that bad. It's that bad. Steven Silas is so overmatched with this project of a Rockets team that he needs to go. 
Like, it's as simple as that. It's it's so, a hard uh, feeling, Steven. I you suck at your job right now with this Rockets team. Steven Silas sucks at coaching this version of the Houston Rockets, and he should be fired. How, is it when a person says Steven Silas wasn't hired to coach this team, what is your response? He was coached to hot to he was hired to coach the Houston Rockets. Players change all the time. That's an excuse. That's all it is in my in my. It's book. a big it's change from from James Harden and Russell Westbrook to what we have here. Okay, so my response to that would be that's an even bigger mistake. If you bring in a guy who's literally never been the head coach of an NBA team to coach a veteran laden team that you had at the time of his hiring. That's an even bigger mistake would be my second response to that. Either way, the Rockets screwed up when they hired Steven Silas. They hired the wrong guy. They hired the – Plenty of guys with no coaching – with no head coaching experience have come in and been successful. I mean, it's not that you – like, give you can't. One. Phil Jackson, Pat, Pat Riley. Come on, man. Those guys are coaching teams with all-time teams. Like I'm talking about a guy. Give me a guy who has never coached a, a basketball team before to come in and have success with this version of the team. It's never happened. I mean, the Warriors weren't that great when Kirk came in. Mm, they they were drafted the talent that was one that helped win them titles. They already had Curry, they already had Thompson, and they already had Green. And Houston's trying to draft that draft that talent right now, just like Oklahoma City did, just like Philadelphia did, just like. Miami's always done just like, you know, the Timberwolves so, are, so are, you are team, trying to do now. Are you team fire Silas or no? I'm team. Um, I think we're concentrating on the talent of this year too much versus the development. I think we need to develop more and not worry and not worry about firing until wins actually matter. I'm worried more about development and seeing these guys play and not seeing Eric Gordon play. I've got you there. I know that they're not going to win, but if he can try and develop these guys better, I have no issue with him for, you know, another half a year. That's a great question. Who's actually gotten better under his tenure? Jalen green's gotten better. He's a better playmaker. He's a better passer. He's a better shooter because of Steven Silas. You just asked who's who's got no, better. No, no, no. I, I, I asked, but I'm sorry. Direct correlation from Steven. Usman Karuba's been better. Sorry, I've I've been at the practice, so I have no idea. But but Usman U- Usman Garuba is significantly better. KJ Barden, it he his stats are the are identical to a year ago, but he flows better. These guys ha- have gotten better. They just there's there's people in their way. Dacian Nick's in the way, right? Garrison Matthews in the way. Boban in the way. Eric Gordon in the way. Well, when Tate comes play. back, but but when Tate comes well, back, that's going to you know x out Knicks. That's going to x out Garrison Matthews. He's going to become the backup point guard with the goon squad. And then I think you'll see better better rotations, better development once he comes back. But you're talking. I think about, there's a difference between developing and playing better. As weird as that sounds, I think Sean makes a great point. I think their stats are decently better. Jalen is becoming better. I don't, I don't, I don't directly correlate that to anything that Silas has done. I give Lucas more credit than I give Silas. Silas's offensive, 
Huh? KPJ is better. KPJ no, is better. Not. He's the same guy. Than last the year? Guy. He's literally the same guy. His numbers are slightly better. He's the same guard who's still not He's a point shooting. guard. He's not a point guard. This is, I didn't say that he was. No, I know. I'm just t- I'm telling you. Like, he's still the same player. He's still t- That's why they need to go after the other scoot and then put KJ excuse me, then put KPJ as the first guy off the bench. Correct. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just saying that Silas, even in his time in Dallas, a team that he was a part of a coaching staff for never made it out of the first round because his offensive system that he runs is – Because those were Rick Carlisle teams. That's why. No, because he was – hold on. Silas, he, Carlisle literally gave Silas all the credit for the offense that that team ran. So it was a Carlisle-led team, but that was Silas's offense who had one of the greatest – statistically, it was the greatest offense in the history of the NBA. They couldn't even get out of the first round, fam. Like, my point is Steven Silas sucks at his job and he has to be fired. But the team doesn't care because the team wants to lose games. That's the reason why they are not investing any sort of money into this roster. None. No. I just think it's it's a waste of money when you're developing the guys and you're going to win 25 games. I hear you. Why spend the money when... Because that's your job. That's your job as a sports franchise is to win games. It's your, it, it's your job, job to... It's the only job that matters. But it's also their job to, to develop talent. No, it's not. That's not their job. What is it? The job They're, of a sports the, franchise is they don't have to develop talent. They have to acquire talent and get the roster to a point to win games. That's all that matters. There's nothing else that matters. Again, going back to the Hawks, they went through the same thing. The Hawks have won and it, That's not and an it example worked. to me, though. No, but, but, but they went straight to the Eastern Conference Finals, year four, year five, after Trey got there. But they only won there. because they acquired talent. They had to go acquire talent to help get them I know, to the edge. But, but, but they wouldn't have been there if, if, the, if the talent with Hunter, with Collins, with, with Trey Young – if that didn't develop, you know, the, it, it would not have worked out. You, but my you, point with it, you need those three to four bad years before before no, it starts don't. up. No, you don't. Look at Phoenix. Phoenix spent two years rebuilding, goes and gets uh, Chris Paul. Phoenix was bad for a long time. They were bad for a long time, but they were also really good. And then they were bad again for two years. Before that, they got better. I just I disagree with your notion that the the responsibility of a franchise is to develop their players. The hell it is. You have one job, and that's to win games. That's it. Anything else? If you don't develop your players, you don't have a future. That's not true. That's I mean, just not true. You I, can use your draft picks and your young guys to go get win now guys and win. Like people who want to They've say Boston, done that. Boston is a decent example. They still haven't won anything. They've won nothing. Well, Danny Ainge was a special GM. See, but and then, you're gonna see that but in then Utah. you start getting into like side reasons of why they're not winning. Bottom line is they haven't won. And that's what the Rockets are doing right now. Is you want to t- not you necessarily, Kenny, because I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation because you come from a different school of thought than I do. Clearly, which there's nothing wrong with. You you want to be on the developmental side. I'm on the results driven side. I'm I'm done with developing. You bet two and a half years of developing 
and you're still 2-12, and 12, no closer to being a good team than you were two years ago. That's a major problem. You know this is year two. You can't count that, that James Harden year as a development year. I can't because I don't even know what a, a quarter of the year means, though. What is that? You mean? had Victor in acceptable losing season. Like, there's, that, there, that's not. There's no such thing, dude. They, there, we got a major problem with our fan base if that's what you're going to describe it as. Because there shouldn't be a year where because it's if you're going to go all in, right? But if you're going all in on this losing thing, on this rebuilding thing, if you're going to pull an Oklahoma City. You know, if you're going to pull a, a Philadelphia before they got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you got to go all in. All in on what? You're talking about all in on losing? All in on this version of the process. Yeah, this version of getting that's, James Harden, KD, and Russell Westbrook. You know, this, you know how difficult that is? You know how difficult it is to land that? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's easy, but that's why Philadelphia did, did it halfway. Still haven't won anything. You still haven't given me an example where a team has won anything where this has worked. That's my point. Like anything of substance, I don't care about. It's tough to win it, but but teams have gotten there, you know. But I don't care. Like that's the difference, and this could be a wrong mentality, and I fully acknowledge that. But Eastern Conference Finals MVPs, whatever, those don't mean anything to me. I just don't want to be the Kings every year, where it's between nine and twelve. You're and, and you're not tanking, but you're really not doing shit. And that's, that's what Karis LeVert and Jared Allen would would have been for know, years. You don't know that. Is 9 to 12. But you don't know that. That's the thing. Jared Allen is an all-star. You have nobody on this team that's relatively close to an all-star level player. You don't have one. Jalen Green is a nice player. He's nowhere near an all-star level guard in the, in the, in the Western Conference. Jared Allen was a all-star last year in the Eastern Conference. So that's my point, is when people try and tell me, not necessarily you, Kenny, I'm just talking about because I see this all the time. There's no People say, give it yeah. until 2025. Well, okay, you can do that, but that's not anything that you can say, okay, do these moves and you're going to win then. Versus, go make moves now, and maybe you are only a team that... Uh, what's it called, that makes it in the play-in last year with Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. But then what if you land in that spot of Indiana and you draft Benedict Mathurin, who's having an unreal year? What if you land there? You see what I'm trying to say? For sure. Like, for- those moves help elevate you quicker and get you closer to the only thing that matters, which is winning a championship. I just think that, that you really had no choice for the future other than what they did because of the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade, because of those draft picks getting so, taken away. It, you couldn't you. go 500, you know, or just below 500 all these years when, when there's no, you know, when there's no assets. That's fair. Kenny, I'm going to move on to my next speaker. Right, I really enjoyed Thank this, you. brother. Thanks, man. All right. Um, let's go to uh Jim. Jim, welcome to the show, my man. How are you? Jim, you are up on stage, my man. All right. What you got? So uh, like I just said in the chat, look, stop. Yes, sir. there are two types of coaches in the NBA. There are builders and there are maintainers. Silas was a maintainer, right? Because you look at why he was hired, he was hired to maintain Harden and his group. 
that's not on the that's not on the table anymore. They're gone. He he's not a builder. He can't build. You you we're gonna have to move beyond him, right? Because it's clear he's not. You got a bunch of assets. You don't know what to do with the assets, and they're just running around. They're not doing anything of substance. They're not. He's because he doesn't know how to do that. You look at the moves that got made on the coaching staff this year. Ownership even knows he's not the guy, right? You bring in Lionel Hollins. Okay, yeah, there is this crap about, you know, oh, he's a defensive specialist. No, they have John Lucas and they've got Lionel Hollins to buttress a guy who's never been a head coach before. And if you think of it not in sports terms, you think of it in corporate terms, that move was meant to just prop him up long enough until they can move away from him. So I I think people are getting spun up about him. He's done. He's done. He worst worst case scenario, he makes it to the end of the year. I think he makes it to the all-star break and then they go their separate ways. Cause even he, you look at him, he looks defeated. He doesn't even look like he cares because he knows that this, this is way beyond his, his capability level. And I'm sure his father has told him, son, you don't go until they make you go so that you get paid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally to, I couldn't have said it any better myself, my man. So give me okay. So give me a, give me a name. You know, he, I mean, who do you want to be? Because I yeah. I know exactly who I would hire in about point four milliseconds going into next season. But who would you, Jim, want to be the head coach next year and beyond? You know, I, I'm going to pull a weird name out. Do it. I know you like Sam Cassell. I'm a Mark, I'm a Mark Jackson mm. guy. You don't have Golden State without Mark Jackson. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate I Mark mean, Jackson at all. And I think I think he's hungry to get back, but only in the right circumstances because that was such a screwed up situation in Golden State when he got shown the door. So, which is why he hasn't taken another job. And I I don't think people. A lot of people say he's been blackballed. I don't I don't buy that. I think I think. He's had opportunities, but he's never going to be left out there butt naked like what happened in Golden State when he's making good money doing what he's doing now. And he's still close to the game. So that's the guy I would go with because I think he could come in here and he played he played the game and he played it at a high level. Could you imagine KPJ yeah. having him as a mentor? My God, I mean – He's not a point. Yeah. Let's be clear. I'm with you. I'm going to understand with you. KBJ as a point is like, you know, nope. th- that's like, I, I I can't even give a good example. That, yeah. He's just, well, you know, who, you know who he is. And, and this is not a knock against him. He, he reminds me a lot of an ex-Rocket. He reminds me of Coutinho Mobley. <laughs> he reminds yeah, me. He that's remind, not bad. That's he, not a bad comparison. He, he reminds me of Coutinho Mobley. They, and what Catino had was a running buddy in Steve Francis that who I loved. I mean, Steve Francis is one of my favorite players of all time. Um, he they're trying to put him in this box that he doesn't fit in, and it, 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 it's nothing against KPJ. Right. I love KPJ, but they're they're putting him on a yo-yo. You know what I mean? Like we're investing in you, but we're not investing in you. Like we're going to give you this money. Right. But we also have an out literally whenever we want. And he plays that way, too. If you watch him play where he trusts his game, but he doesn't really trust his game because he's in a system that 
he's, he's not designed for. It, it's weird. Like, it's a really weird dynamic. You know, and Josh Christopher is the wild card in this right. with Silas. Why he doesn't play some nights, plays other nights. He gets some minutes. He gets a lot of minutes. It's weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's malpractice. Oh, it's it's coaching I mean, it's, it's awful. You know what I mean? And I'll say this real quick on KPJ. Yep. So I went to USC much older than KPJ. So I saw what limited action he had in college. And I'm going to tell you where I think the Rockets are going to mess up with him. He's very, he's super talented, but he's super immature. And when you have somebody playing in the wrong position and it's not the right offense, that lack of maturity is eventually going to come out. Look at Christian Wood. Christian Wood is a prime example of a guy with talent, but if things aren't lined up the right way, then bad habits, I don't care how many John Lucases you have on staff, bad habits and the core of who that person is, is going to come out. And it's going to come out with KPJ if they don't figure something out quickly with him because he's just not a mature guy. He's, he's a great player. I, I, I think there's, there's something there. He just needs, he needs a right chance in the right situation. It's not the right situation right now. And Silas, I mean, I feel bad for him because this is what he wasn't hired for this. But also when you know it's not right, everybody needs to move on. And, you know, Tillman, I know how you feel about Tillman. Tillman is too cheap, got more money, got more money than God, but spends it like it's his last nickel. And, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I know what bad owners look like. (laughs) And he's a bad owner. I feel you. He's not – see, if he were Cuban, I don't think Cuban's a great owner. Cuban just throws money at it till he finds the right people to do something. Tillman overthinks it. He's Jim Craning it. He's overthinking this stuff. Oh, you can't put him in Jim Crane. Jim Crane has two World Series titles. Come on, man. You can't do that. Yeah, but I get what you're saying, but they don't belong in the same category to me because one wins and one doesn't. That's what it, that's what it boils down to for me, Jim, is – well, no, I, I get you. I get you on that. You win. Fair point. But you, not to veer into Astros world too much, but getting rid of Click sure. is a prime example of, look, at some point, don't don't think you're bigger than the process. Right. Yeah. You're the you're the checkbook. You 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 the judge and jury. OK, everybody acknowledges that. But like you're going to break up what you got because your ego was hurt. I mean, it, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I, I ain't gonna lie. You know, I ain't gonna lie. I like the move. But you know, and we'll see eventually what happens with Rock, you know, with Rafael Stone. I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. But there's a big butt coming with that. The Eric Gordon thing. I'm a hunt mm. man. We won hunting on that. Like, what? What are you doing? I feel like. What are you doing? I feel like you're driving. You're like- driving his value into the ground. <laughs> No, it's our, It's buried about eight feet under. Jim, I got to move on to my next speaker, but I appreciate you joining, my man. Come back anytime, brother. My man. All right, let's go to our uh, last speaker of the night. Let's go to Avery. Avery, what's going on, my man? How are you? Oh, Avery gone. All right, we'll go to our last speaker of the night. Good friend of the show, Ryan. Ryan, real quick, what's going on? Ryan going once. Ryan going twice. 
Sold on Ryan. Well, tonight was an absolute fantastic show. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. It was an absolute pleasure to have you all here on Spotify Live. Once again, your Rockets lose 122 to 106 to the Los Angeles Clippers from inside of Toyota Center. We at the Dream Take will be back live here on Spotify Live on Wednesday night. The Rockets travel to the Dallas Mavericks tip 7 30 p.m. will be live here on Spotify Live as soon as the game is over. Once again, if you are on Twitter, make sure of the Dream Take, the Dream Shake at Dream Shake SVN. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Brown underscore 2020. You can follow my co pilot, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. If you're on Facebook, search The Dream Shake and give us a like there. Finally, head on over to thedreamshake.com for all things Houston Rockets all the time. We'll be back live with you Wednesday night. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.